listening to Matt Loves Cameras. Film cameras. Instant cameras. And everything analog photography related. On today's show, I have Lucy Lumen, YouTube sensation all the way from the beautiful Gold Coast. Lucy and I talk about rising film prices, the return of Lomography's turquoise film, and the question on everyone's lips, why does Lucy rip on Leica users so much? Also keep listening for an update on the Purple Grain zine. It has shipped for most people, not everyone. And also keep listening for an update on the Fantastic Comp. I'm Matt Murray. And this is Matt Loves Cameras. Hello, my friends. How are you? I hope you are well, wherever you are all around the world. Welcome to another episode of Matt Loves Cameras, episode 51 of Matt Loves Cameras, Lucy Lumen and the case of the rising film prices. It should be a really good episode. I hope you enjoy it. But before we get into the episode in the interview with Lucy, I've got a few little things to take care of. So the first thing I'd like to say is once again, I think I feel like I say this every episode, but apologies for the lack of episodes coming out. I think it's been about six weeks since the last episode. Things have been absolutely crazy busy on the home front as always. But as well as all the usual family stuff to take care of, I've also had the purple grain zine arrive. So exciting. It finally arrived. And I was a little bit nervous about when the delivery driver came and dumped them on my front door. But when I opened up the package, I was absolutely delighted. The zine looks and feels fantastic. So well done to everyone who took part. And of course, a special congratulations to Clayton Sharp, whose beautiful image graces the front cover. And and uh, has a beautiful feel to it, the zine. You'll know what you'll know what I mean when you get it in your hot little hands and and you can stroke purple purple grain for yourself. Um, but it's got a nice, a soft laminate finish. Feels very very nice. So I've been very busy over the last I don't know eight ten days, addressing envelopes, writing little postcards, and popping them into envelopes and getting them to the post office. So I'm going to read out a list. These are people who I've sent the zines to. In no particular order. So here we go. Kevin Brown, R. John Benales, Clayton Sharp, Kate Grout, Lisa Brinkworth-Tandy, Mark Thompson, Robert Rubin, Dale Willits, Zach Cyphers, Chris Coker, Michael Bartasek, Kevin Dillon, Ken Bertram, Jenna Frost, Calliope. I'm not even going to try and pronounce Calliope's last name, but um, Calliope. And I did send it to your new address, Calliope, that you let me know about on Instagram. Don't worry. Uh, Ken Tuomi, William Foster, Duncan Watson, Cole Taylor, Alan Maher, Will Gordon, Kia Fry, Holly Northover, Anthony Ritchie, Bill Two, Kim Domain, Angus Dawson, Bernard Kuhn, Alison Grant, Steve Madsen, J.M. Golding, Adrian Doyle, Jess Hobbs, Jack Bulkley, Eric Van Jurek, Paul Hopper, Dave Mahali, the old camera guy. And who else? I think that's it. I think that is my list of ones I've sent it out to. Here are the people. I've actually got PayPal open here as well. Here are the people who I still need to send it to. Jody Benarock, Jake Lund, Patrick Clark, John Parisi, Adam Tuck, Luke McKenna, Michael Adamovich, Jody Andrazi, Oliver Padilla. I think that is it. 
So that's 40 odd zines. Uh, I think a couple of people bought extra copies, but that should leave me with three, I think. So I've got one of those. I've got one for, I've, I'm holding one for Matt Evans in New Zealand. And I've got a spare one up my sleeve just in case I've made a mistake. I don't think I have, but I will go back through all of the PayPal sales and I've got a list and I've also got images on my phone of every envelope and every little satchel that I've sent out. So don't worry um, if you didn't hear your name, but if you didn't hear your name, uh, don't panic, but uh, get to your email uh, contraption and send me an email, mattlovescameras at gmail.com or hit me up on Instagram at mattlovescameras and say, hey, Matt, you read out a list and I'm a little worried that you didn't read my name, but I'm 98% confident that I've got everyone so there you go so it's really really great to get that out and and get those zines in the post and i've already had a few people here in australia um pretty chuffed with their copies so i hope when it arrives on your doorstep you enjoy it as well now moving on to the next competition the next competition of course is pantastic 2021 and that officially ends in at the end of November. So get out there shooting those cheap, focus-free plastic pano cameras. If you need a reminder, get along to mattlovescameras.com and you can find out all about the competition from the homepage. It is the second article down, Fantastic 2021. And all the camera rules are there, what kind of cameras you can use. So it's all uh, cheap, focus-free plastic cameras like the Ansco Pix, the Hanamex Panorama, the Ypix Panorama, the Halina Panorama, all of those cool ones, the Vivitar panorama cameras, all of those ones. So there's no X-Pans, no sprocket rockets, nothing fancy. So get along to mattlovescameras.com and you can find out about that. Now, I had an email early this week from Steve Madsen. Thank you, Steve, for reminding me. He said to me, Matt, where is the uh, where's the entry form? There's no entry form. And he was indeed right. I've been, because I've been so busy every night packaging up these purple grain zines like a little Christmas elf, um, I, haven't had t- <laughs> I haven't had time to do the form. So I did the form and then I've posted it today, this morning, on that fantastic 2021 page. So if you go along to mattlovescameras.com, you can find out all about the competition. And there's also a link now on that page to the entry form. Now we talk about the competition later on when I'm interviewing Lucy, but, and I, I sort of talk about this and I'm not sure yet. We'll see what happens. We'll see how many entries we get. There is an outside kind of possibility that if I don't get that many entries before the end of November, we might roll this competition over to like March, April next year. I, I don't know. We'll see how we go. I have a really bad habit of organizing competitions in the Northern Hemisphere, dull sort of season where it's all gray and snowy and cold and dull. So I apologize for that. Uh, my thinking, of course, is, is backwards to you folks because I live in the land down under. So uh, we'll see how many we get. And, and certainly don't worry. If you are out there shooting and you send in images, don't worry. Your images will be safe. We will roll them into the, the combined competition or you can always submit new ones if you want, if you if you want to do that, if you want to keep shooting with your plastic pano, if you fall in love with it and you decide that you want to shoot more rolls with it, don't worry. Just keep shooting those panos and uh, we'll sort that out. If uh, if we do roll the competition over till April next year, we'll, we'll work it out. We'll work all the details out. So don't worry. No one will be uh, disadvantaged, I hope. Everyone will have a good time with their plastic cameras. <laughs> 
And just before we start the show, I just want to acknowledge some very sad news that we all found out this week. If you're in, you know, film photography circles, of course, if you follow the Sunny 16 podcast, either through their podcast or through Instagram, I'm sure you'll already know this. It was, of course, the the tragic news that unfortunately, uh, very, very sad, John Whitmore, one of the hosts of the Sunny 16 podcast, passed away uh, in his sleep last week, uh, which is, is absolutely devastating for his wife, his young daughter, and of course, all of his friends and family and of course the Sunny 16 crew. So I'll just read out my little like a little comment I made on the post because um, I've, I've tried to record this a couple of times and I keep I keep getting in knots and I can't really say what I want to say. So I'll read this out to you. This is the comment I made on, on the post. I saw this sad news at 5am this morning and I thought about nothing else for the next 90 minutes. John was such an important part of the Sunny 16 lineup over the last 12 to 18 months. Photographically, I feel like I didn't share much in common with John, but I always enjoyed listening to him and hearing his insights. I had a lot of respect and admiration for his deep level of knowledge. I'd actually planned to ask him on a photo walk next time I was back in the West Midlands, devastating for his family, friends and the Sunnies. And that's the thing, uh, I didn't know John personally, and yet I was so sad about his passing and I didn't even know him personally and I think that's what happens when you listen to a podcast or you watch a YouTube channel or you you sort of you know follow somebody in that way you feel like you know them even though you really don't and I was really tickled I didn't even know John had ever listened to my podcast and I was really tickled in uh, the July backing paper when when John sang Matt loves cameras uh, I had absolutely no idea he'd ever listened to my podcast uh, hope, hopefully he, he Found he liked it when he did listen. I've, I've no idea, but but rest in peace, John. Okay, let's crack on into this episode that I recorded last night with Lucy Lumen. I hope you really do enjoy the show. Lucy is a lot of fun, and we had a great time talking. And after we, we pressed the end recording button, the finish recording button or whatever it is on Skype, we actually spoke for about another 20 minutes. Uh, but I didn't record that bit. That would have been fascinating. That If I published that discussion, that would have been truly fascinating. And uh, we probably would have both gotten in a lot of trouble. Uh, but here we go. Let's, uh, let's get started with Lucy Lumen. So today I'm talking with YouTube sensation analog photographer Lucy Lumen, who is based down on the beautiful Gold Coast, just a, a hop, skip and a jump away from me here in Brisbane. Lucy, how are you? I'm good, thank you, Matthew. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Now, of course, we because we don't live too far away, we've actually met up. And when, when was that? Was that September or when was that? I can't even remember. Neither can I. I think it was September. Yeah. It was just we just come into spring, a, and it was a really warm day. Yeah, it was school school holidays. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah that's but right. it was really warm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably six or seven weeks ago now, and that, and the time has absolutely flown by uh, in between then. Mm. Tell, tell us about your channel first up. You've just been a powerhouse of, of creating and outputting content. Tell us about what drove you to set the channel up and how it's going. Yeah. So um, I started the channel probably about five months ago now, so it's still really new, but I um, started it, I think, to kind of not get away from being a mum, but becoming a new mum can be like very consuming and um I've always been really into film photography. So my partner was like, you know, we watch all these YouTube videos, like maybe you could start your own. And I was sort of like, oh, there's no way I could do that. You know, you know, when you think that you can't do something because that's like for other people. Yeah. Um, and then 
I thought, you know, why not? We'll just do it. Uh, my partner already had sort of everything set up to to do it. Like it's like he'd been waiting for it. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your secret plan all along. Yes. Yep. Um, so yeah. So we uh, made like our first video and put it online. I was like, oh, three people will watch it and it'll just fizzle out and we won't do it anymore. And then, um, yeah, that's not what happened. We just kept kept going. Um, and it's just like grown since then. Um, yeah, had like a shout out from Grainy Days, which was obviously like super helpful for getting subscribers. And I felt really lucky for that. But um, but yeah, it was a combination of that and also watching a lot of YouTube photography stuff. Um, I wasn't really seeing what I wanted to see, I suppose. Like I wasn't seeing yeah. as many females as I wanted to, I guess. There are, there are females on there, but yeah, just not as many. It would always be recommending those same kind of big male channels. Um, yeah. And I just found some of the stuff a little bit sort of dry, I suppose, in like very technical or just about gear um, and not very accessible to like the everyday kind of like photographer, you know, or someone who's like new mm. and doesn't just want to watch a tutorial on how to like load a film camera. They actually want to see someone taking photos and then be like, oh, that looks really cool. Maybe I'll try that. So that was sort of my goal to make the channel sure. like that and um i hope that i've succeeded in that yeah what's the most surprising thing uh, about the channel so far for you um probably i think the engagement that i've been getting is like overwhelmingly good and has really sort of restored my faith in humanity, I suppose. Um, sometimes the internet's, you know, not a very nice place, but, um, and I do get the occasional, you know, like not so nice comment or like, you know, that wasn't really that needed, but, um, but yeah, like overall, everyone's really, really friendly and really encouraging, mm. um, and seems to really enjoy it. And even when it's a, a topic that's, you know, maybe a little bit sensitive, like everyone's still, chatting in a really like respectful way so that's um that's really nice and been really surprising um mm. probably that and uh what people are interested in or like watch more is is in, i find really really uh in, like the analytics side of youtube just from a social point of view i just find really really interesting so yeah so what's an example of a video that kind of blew, blew you away with how many views it had and you, and you didn't think it might do that well um, it's been, um, obviously like as the channel's grown, videos will get more views than when you started. Cause when you yep. start, you don't really have many subscribers. So I'm sure it's the same with like a podcast or anything else, but, um, yeah, like the videos have been getting more, more views like overall, but, um, surprisingly just sitting there going through like cameras that you've bought. Um, I did like a photography pickups, which is quite a like thing to do on YouTube, I mm. guess. But I just bought like a bunch of cameras for quite cheap. And I thought, you know, hey, like, you know, just go through them, tell people yeah. about them. And it's just like people love that. And then you put all this effort into like going out and doing a photo walk and taking photos. And, you yeah. know, you've got to wait for them to get developed and you've got to like put them into slides. And, you know, like my partner makes like the music for it. Yeah. And it's like we edit it and we edit it. Does a great job. Edit it in like mm. a thank you yeah we edit it in like a not like we're making a movie but we try and do it like you know in yeah. a considered way and and you get really excited and you put it out and you're like oh people are gonna love this and it's just like you know just doesn't really do as well as you thought it would and then you sit at a desk and hold a couple of cameras up and talk about like yeah. their 
you know, their specs or whatever. And people are just like, oh my God, that's, you know, what, that's what they want to see, which I find kind of like odd. Like I prefer to see people's work or when I mm. watch a video about a camera, I'm like, okay, I'm, I want to see the photos or like yeah. see you using it, you know? But it's funny that that um, the recent film photography pickups video came out a few days, I think, after we did a shoot together and your partner Lux uh, did a great job uh, doing the video. I, I kind of forgot I was walking I was walking way ahead of you guys, but he did a great job um, recording all the audio and the video for that and did a great job putting it together. And um, you did a live sort of premiere, I think. Is that what it's called? Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah we did. Like It was the first time um, I'd done that. I like unlocked that on YouTube, I think when I got oh, awesome. like a thousand subscribers. So I thought yeah, I'll yeah. try it out. And yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So that was, that was really good. And then a few days later you did the film photography pickups, which, which then within about probably a few hours, 12, 16 hours, it is a past the video that we did together. Right. But then back at it now, there's not actually that much difference, like a month down the track or six weeks down the track. The one that we did has got 1.2 uh, or 1200 views and the film photography pickups has got 1400 views. So that's interesting. I wonder, like it seems to have evened out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it has. That's true. Yeah. I think, um, uh, actually to be completely transparent, I changed the title of our photo walk oh, yes. a little while yeah, ago yeah. and didn't, not anything drastic. Like it wasn't not, not in a misleading way. Just sometimes uh, YouTube's funny like that. Kind of like on eBay, yeah. like you've got to have the right wording or there's certain things I guess people will search for or, yeah, right. or just click on. And I think like keeping the titles simple, um, yep. really helps. So yeah, after I changed that, cause I just only, cause I really like, I really love that video and I'd really like more people to see mm. that. And I would hate for someone to like come to the channel and see me just with a bunch of cameras and think, Oh yeah, that's like every other yeah, channel yeah. and then miss out on, you know, like, yeah, all the like, um, music that my partner's making and yeah all the time that's going into editing it and we try and make it like really fun and, you mm. know, and like the show off like the Gold Coast and yeah. And looking at your, the, the figures, I mean, you've got some really good video. I mean, it's, it's quite amazing to, I, mem- I remember when you only had a few videos there and now you've, you've yeah. got a ton. So what's been the best part? I mean, you've already mentioned this kind of thing, but it has the best part of, of creating the channel. Has it been that sense of community? Is that what you, you think it is or? Yeah, I think so. I think um, feeling part of the community and feeling like motivated to like take photos in a different way. Um, I was talking to my partner about this the other day and I think it's changed me a lot in sort of like my outlook on things. Like I can tend to be a little bit like pessimistic, I guess, and oh, like I won't bother or like no one's paying attention or, you know, you put something on Instagram and just sort of like goes into the void and no one cares. And then it's easy to just feel defeated and like not try. Um, and my partner's really good at sort of, um, talking me out of that. And then doing the channel, it's like, it's just really boosted me like kind of creatively. Like it really gives me something Mm. to look forward to if it, when my day is quite kind of ordinary and full of like dirty nappies and just, you know, like regular stuff like that. I've been there. I know what it's like. Um, And it's nice to have that to look forward to or plan. I love the planning side of it too. Like I have a notebook and I, you know, or like um, if people sort of message me on Instagram or they comment on a, on a video and they say that they want to see something like I'll always try and make that happen. So yeah, yeah, it's just been a real boost like overall, especially because I'm not working, like I'm like a full-time mum at home, which can make you a little bit crazy. So yeah, Yeah. it's nice to have something to put 
my energy into. And I think it's really good for your like mental health to have a creative Absolutely. outlet, especially like not obviously not all women, but like I see my mom and she's just like cooking and cleaning and, you know, like that's it. Like she just, she's, oh, I don't have time to do this or do that. And I think a lot of um, like a lot of people, but a lot of like mums can fall into that trap. So sure. I'm really like glad that I have like that outlet. part of, mm. yeah, yeah, like that outlet. So yeah, it's really important to me. I'd, I'd say to me, yeah, the best thing about having my podcast over the last, I don't know, two, three years, three years, I think it is now, is definitely the sense of community. You know, you feel like part mm. of the community. And when you get mentioned, I mean, the film photography podcast circles are pretty tight. You know, there is sort of a concentric circles, I guess, with YouTube, but the YouTubers, mm. are, are, YouTubers are definitely get a lot more views than podcasters i can tell you that you know and downloads but the, the film photography um scene is is pretty tight um there's a lot of great people in there and a lot of us you know plug each other's shows all the time and, and when you first hear your you know your show being plugged by somebody else it's an amazing moment and and just being part of that community and people randomly saying the name of your show it, it's really really cool but yeah the other thing was to me as well as being part of that community the other thing about having a podcast and having this outlet where you're, you're creating content was actually quite surprising to me. I, I sort of started up the podcast thinking, right, I've got all these cameras. I've got 110, 35mm, 120, 127, 126. I'm going to do all these different cameras, right? Mm. But actually what happened was I sort of, after about 18 months, I kind of worked out, actually, you know what? I, I really like compact cameras i like um you know compact point and shoots i like compact range finders i like small compact cameras i can put in my pocket can take yep. to work i i can put them in my bag along with my digital camera because i do shoot digital as well and so that's mm -hmm. probably one of the biggest realizations to me is that the, the kind of stuff it's actually doing the podcast has actually made me work out what i really love about film photography have you come to any such realizations yet with, the, with your youtube channel uh, I think, I mean, I'm pretty similar to you, like with what you've just said about compact cameras, something you can put in your pocket or in your bag. Um, I think, I think I've definitely, um, realized I shot, uh, my Mamiya 645 in an episode recently yes. in Brisbane. Um, and I was very hot and bothered and I didn't, yeah, I didn't enjoy just, I didn't enjoy shooting 120, um, and I didn't enjoy like just handling that camera and using it, um, felt really out of place. And mm. that felt, that was really upsetting to me because I was like, this is the thing I really like doing. And now all of a sudden I don't like doing it, but it's because it's, it's not, you know, I'm not using the tool that I, that I enjoy. Yeah. Um, but so I probably, I feel like I already felt like that, but that just reinforced that. But I think it's really good because, uh, that that video got quite a few views quite quickly as well, probably because it's a Mamiya and medium format's quite popular. Um, yeah. So I could just keep like pumping those out, even though I don't like it uh, and I wasn't happy with the photos. Um, and I think that is definitely a trap you could fall into in YouTube, sure. definitely. Like you can just do that stuff, but it's really obvious the people that are doing things for making content for YouTube rather yeah. than actually genuinely sharing what they, you know, what they actually enjoy like that really yeah. comes off i think so so that's something i've i guess i've learned and uh i'm glad that i didn't fall into yeah fall into yeah. that trap yeah i uh, i think i left this comment on on that video i i said 
have you ever thought using the Pentax 645N, which is um, a camera that you can use with autofocus lenses? I've got autofocus lenses for it as well as a couple of uh, cheap manual lenses. That is something to me which it's like a big SLR, slightly bigger SLR. To me, that is a really, I really love that camera. And I actually took that camera out after your video came out. I went out up to up here. I was at Sean Cliff or somewhere like that, or Sandgate, somewhere up there on the north side of Brisbane. Don't know yeah, yeah. Well, and I took a couple of images with this 120 camera, this Pentax 645N. And as soon as I hit the shutter, you just heard this whirring, you know, and every time I hear the shutter sounds like, and you can just imagine the film transporting through the camera. That's the crazy things I think of. Yeah. It just so happened so quickly, but you can just imagine the length of the 120 film going yeah. through the camera. And I was like, I was really buzzed. And yeah. um, I had Ektar in there, which is a hundred speed film, obviously. And it was getting quite uh, quite dark. Well, it was, you know, dusk. And I was like, oh, damn, I wish I had faster film in here so I could keep mm. shooting. I felt like yeah, yeah, I could yep. finish the roll off. Mm. Uh, but the light sort of got the better of me. So do you think it, it was just the fact that perhaps that, that the Mamiya is, was not for you? It, will, will you give uh, medium format another go? Um, may, maybe. I think I would, but it would depend on the camera. Like you say, um, a lot of people were really nice and suggested a lot of cameras on that video. Um, I did get a – the other day on Marketplace I got a – um, like a Holger 120, um, like, <laughs> cause it was, it was up for like 40 bucks. And I said, Oh, will you take 20? Yep. Uh, and she was like, yeah, sure. And then I ended up, she later that day, she put, uh, uh like a Nikon L35 AF, but the twin lens version up nice. like for, for $30. And I was yep. like, Oh my, so, so like we went back to her house yeah, after yeah. and got that as well. So wow. it was kind of funny how that happened. Yeah, like yeah. Facebook marketplace can be really um, like interesting like that, yeah. but yeah, I got that. So, I mean, that's probably not going to like, you know, uh, be the best, obviously not the best medium format camera, but, um, but I think I'd give it another go. Yeah. If I had like, I really want the, the Fuji, I think I said this to you in our photo walk, the GA645. Yes. Yeah. Cause that's like a point and shoot style sort of, mm. um, medium format. But I think to be honest, like I, I really love shooting 35 millimeter and also the price, like 120 is more. Yeah. Expensive. Um, and yeah, I just, I just feel, um, like really comfortable with, with 35 millimeter. So if I could save up and get a camera, but then I think, you know, do I want to do that? Or I'd probably rather buy more film, like more 35 Mm. millimeter film and just keep shooting. I don't know. Does that make me boring that I'm, I'm just, I I feel like I have a lot of anxiety about like, I should be progressing and not just shooting 35 millimeter film. I think that's a bit of, um, uh, you know, uh, a fallacy because people, you see this all the time in, in, you know, in Facebook groups, people will talk about, I'm going to step up a gear to medium format. Mm. If you enjoy shooting 35 mil, you enjoy shooting 35 mil. There's nothing wrong with it. It's not lesser than medium format in my book. You know, all of the great, many of the great photos of the 20th century were taken on 35 mil film, you know, whether it's the, the war correspondence, uh, whether it was, you know, the Afghan girl, whether it was all these amazing famous photos, Cartier-Bresson, all these famous photos were taken on 35 mil film. They weren't taken with, on on 120, a lot of them at all. So interesting how this is one of these kind of things that you do see in Facebook groups. Hi, I'm thinking about moving up from stepping up a gear from 35. Uh, I find that odd. I mean, if, if people want to do that, that's great. Good luck to them. Yeah. Yeah. But it is odd that people look at it in that way. 
Yeah, there is a bit of a hierarchy of like, you know, yeah, like 30, 35 mils, like the, the entry level and then you step up to like, you know, 120 and, and, and so on. And, you know, then it's like, oh, you know, I've got this larger negative and this like, you know, higher resolution and blah, 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 blah. And it all yeah. gets a little bit sort of, I don't know, it's just I'm not shooting film for, for that. Like yeah. I should film in a di- very different way, I think, in, in, more, in my mind, not in what I'm doing, but to yeah. other people like – for me, it's just like, it's fun. And I like that I have 36 exposures. Like it keeps me controlled. Mm. Like that's why I, I like it. Um, I, I like waiting for it. Like it just adds something else to the photo. Like it's not, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing it for like a status thing or, or, Mm. you know, and I'm not like developing film at home. I'm not printing all the time. Mm. You know, I'm not selling these large prints. Like, I, I do feel like a little bit of shooting 120 is, you know, uh, I'm not saying it's all uh, guys because there's definitely girls doing it, but people who watch like, you know, Willem's channel or like Grainy Days and they're like, oh, Mamiya 7, you yeah. know, like that's what I need to have to be like cool. And like yeah. I just think that all that stuff's you know like interesting to see yeah absolutely absolutely. i think yeah i think it is horses for courses i mean if if, you know if you want to shoot medium format um if you're doing fashion or you know that kind of stuff or like portraiture like i think it's really really beautiful like that one portrait i took on my photo walk sorry to interrupt you um of the lady in her house Mm. was looked really really nice but like I don't really like that though. Like everyone was like, oh, that photo is so great. And um, Daniel sent it to um, like his parents and I was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, this, this photo is like so beautiful. It's amazing. And, but I was like, oh, like, I don't know. Cause it was like portrait with like, you know, like a blurred background and it was shot at like two, two, 2.8 or something. Mm. And I was like, oh, it just doesn't interest me really. Like, Mm. so, but I think there's a place for medium format. Like you say, with like fashion photography, I see heaps yeah, of yeah. portraiture work on YouTube shot uh, on medium format that looks yeah. like absolutely like stunning. Like it's really, really shines with that, you know? Yeah. 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 You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. That's the one you're going to use. <laughs> <laughs> So just now when you were talking about 120 film, you were talking about the cost of it compared to 35 mil. You know, if you've got mm. 36 exposures on a roll of 35 mil film, it's, it's pretty good value in comparison to 120 film. Definitely. But that's probably a good segue into uh, another topic we want to talk about, the rising prices of film. Uh, and, of course, a lot of these prices have been caused by the pandemic, you know, supply chains. A lot of industries are competing for similar resources whether it's chemicals or timber mm. or all these sorts of things and a lot of industries all around the world have seen the the cost of raw materials shoot up and that has had an effect uh, at the till uh, for people when they're buying things what's your firstly what's your take on on the whole issue yeah so this has been like a real hot topic um obviously in like the film community over the last like few days um and yeah, I've been watching a lot of content and reading a lot of things about it. There was a really good uh, article um, on Silvergrain Classics, um, the magazine. Yep. Um, Jamie Maldonado posted it, and I think I, I sent it to you as well. Um, yeah, I found that really just very factual. Um, and I, 
pretty ignorant to um, the like what goes into making film really I'll admit that and reading that article I was actually really interested um, and it sort of I was like okay fair enough you mm. know like um, I also watched another YouTube video there's a guy um, I think it's Nico I think is how you say his name Nico's photography show um, and he kind of just had an opinion piece on Kodak's like uh, price increases and um, he was super knowledgeable and um, he was saying that obviously they weren't anticipating this so they sort of scaled down the um, the, pr- the production and the actual machinery and everything that they're using and they they just can't they can't keep up with it so mm. the money like the price increase is going to he, he said he spoke to someone at Kodak and um, the money is going into getting more resources so that they can make more film and that's sure. why why the price has increased and also like things like you said like um, like silver I had no idea that that, yeah. that, that went into um, to film and you know um, that's getting harder and harder to source because of the pandemic and then yeah. also the uh, sustainability side of things too you know like that's something else that's an issue that's being talked about more I think um, like recently um, mm. but yeah like the um, someone actually commented on one of my videos saying that um, they can use hemp to make the paper I was like I don't I mean I don't know if that's true someone commented it was quite like in depth so they sounded yeah, like they yeah. knew what they were talking about but um <laughs> you know looking at different uh, different ways of yeah. different ways of of making that um yeah. and it, therefore making it uh easier to get like and more sustainable and hopefully yeah. then cheaper would be would be a good uh idea but um also like there's a lot of uh well there's not a lot of people who know how to manufacture the film anymore so they're having to Mm. train train new people and that takes time and that costs money so I think you know I I mean obviously it's not ideal like I would prefer film prices to stay the way they are definitely um but at the same time it's not like they're just doing it to just squeeze more money out of us I Mm. I don't think from from what I've read it seems quite sort of the fair I suppose but I do worry that it'll put off like young people and yeah. um i think uh, danielle like go with too many cameras i yeah. saw she'd posted saying that she was quite upset because she feels like it's the young people that have brought it back and then now they're gonna um you know be uh, slammed with the yeah. all the increases in price so yeah. what, what do you think I, matt i did see that i i did i think she's made some really good points i mean um, one of the points, I guess, uh, first of all, the, the, the comment there about young people have brought back film. Yeah, there's been a lot of young people um, interested in film and shooting film. But it'd be interesting to look at sales as a percentage. I mean, are young people just buying one roll of film a month uh, or, or mm. are they buying 100 rolls of film? Who's buying the yeah. most film? Uh, yeah. And so the influx of younger people getting into film is fantastic. It's brilliant. I I, I I'm not sure I would, I think I would personally shy away from the fact that, you know, young people have saved film. I think there's been a resurgence amongst a lot of different age groups. Um, one of the, you know, a lot of people that I know are, are not young people. Uh, they're the sort of more middle-aged people who were getting back into it because all of a sudden they're finding that, you know, all, a lot of the cool cameras were actually film cameras and, and mm, tried mm. it for the last decade and actually, hey, 
you know, I've seen film available. I'm going to go buy some film and shoot that again because it's getting, you know, it's a bit of resurgence. I want to be part of it because I used to shoot film. So yeah. it, it would be, I mean, I don't know the answers. It would be fascinating to see the percentage of, of film sales from, you know, companies like B&H, from Amazon, from DigiDirect. Yep. Heads, all these companies, who is buying the film? And I know that you said that you spoke to someone at TEDS, was it? At TEDS at Pacific Fair, yeah, yeah. Yep. And they said that all the film was being bought by young people. And, and yeah. my um, my sort of uh, pessimistic comment to you was that's that's because the young people don't know where to buy the best prices for film. <laughs> so they're just going to places like TEDS to buy a film where they should be buying yeah. it. You know, it'd be interesting well, I to think, see. Yeah, I think that, that I agree with you. Uh, and I think that speaks volumes that oh, it's, it's all young people buying film, but like you say, they're probably buying like a roll of film and then they're like shooting that roll of film really slowly or just doing it and then getting that developed and then they don't do it again for a while, which is understandable if you're young and you're yeah. like, you know, working part-time or you're studying or something and you can't afford it, but you're just doing yeah. it as a hobby. Like I still think that's really great. Um, but I, I probably would agree with you that I think it's the the real kind of, you know, hardcore film enthusiasts and, you know, yeah, older people, people sort of over 30. I don't know. I don't want to put it, I don't want to put a, um, no. but I a, guess a number it on it. Probably but probably be also people who, even younger people who have, you know, who's shooting film as part of their business, whether it's because they're, they're a fashion photographer, they could be 20 years old and they might not be shooting film as part of, you know, being Definitely. a fashion photographer or as a portrait yeah. photographer. Um, but, it, but it's interesting that I think Danielle sort of made a comment along the lines of, you know, she was a, she was a student or she had student loans and it was tough to, you know, these these price increases would make it tough for her. And I, I completely, that, that's, you know, it's a terrible situation. Yeah, I empathise with those people yeah. for sure. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I was um, a lot younger, I was probably, uh, I was probably 23, 24. I stopped shooting film. And the reason I stopped shooting film, actually I was probably about 26 or 27 when I stopped shooting film. And, the reason was is because I couldn't afford it. I'd actually got mm. to a stage where in my I, I had a job and um, I didn't earn a lot of money and I used to love shooting slides. I always I never shot color negative film or very rarely. I always used to do it because I love travel photography. I always shot slides. And I yep. actually got to a point in my life where, you know, um, wasn't earning that much money. I had a business and and I had to stop shooting film because the, the cost of buying the slide film and then getting the slides processed and mounted into slides because you always did that in those days. You never had them scanned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got too much. And so probably for two, three, four years, uh, I never shot any film because it, it, my life situation then didn't allow it. So I, I think it's there. Was, I think it's, it's tricky to say, oh, they should make film cheaper because otherwise we can't afford it. Whereas really the cost of the film is the cost of the film. You know, that Kodak needs to stay in business. They need to make money. They need to train people. They need to invest in new facilities. Whatever prices yep. they're putting out hey, it sucks to have a price increase, but they're doing it for a reason, you know? Definitely. Yeah, it's not just a an increase for no reason or because they're, like, exploiting, you know, the new market. Like, they're yeah. trying to give you what you want and it's, yeah. you know, the demand and they're trying to keep up with it and they'll have to adjust their prices, like, accordingly. And I think that's yeah. what they're doing. Um, that's my stance on it. I think I, I sort of agreed more with what Jess Hobbs uh, said on that same yep. sort of conversation um yeah she yeah she said um i get more upset when i hear about a film being discontinued, discontinued which yeah. I, I i would totally agree with just there like i get really like because oh, i'm like what else are you gonna you know get get rid of or does this mean that it's going away um yeah. you know i'd rather it be expensive and still be there yep. um and, and hopefully um 
like I was talking to my partner about it before and hopefully if they can get to a point where, you know, they have the resources, they've got the people to make the film, you know, yeah. they're more, they're more set up then the price can c- come back down again, you yeah, know, yeah. and it'll kind of even out, especially if film continues to, you know, to, to grow yeah. at the rate that it is. Um, and, it's, and you do have, you touched on yeah. something interestingly interesting there. You said that, you know, people were cynically suggesting, oh, they're just trying to take advantage of the resurgence. I, I actually saw that myself. I'm not sure if it was the thread you sent me or a different one I saw, but I saw that Kodak are trying to take advantage of, of all new film photographers. I think that is just so incredibly ignorant. Um, the thought that someone is sitting there at Kodak going, hey, film's popular again. Let's jack our prices up by 30% to make some more money. That would be shooting themselves in the foot if that's the only reason they're doing it for for a bit mm. of short-term gain that it, it's yeah complete rubbish in my book now just yeah. to pick up on um, what danielle was saying again another so. really good point she made was uh, i looked into this myself the silver grain classics article i don't believe they looked at the the, the cost of color negative film now Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So back when I gave up film, probably circa 1999, I was how I was 25, 26. I just couldn't afford to shoot. I was shooting slides. I wasn't yep. shooting color negative film. Um, and it, it's funny, color negative film now is it seems to be you know the real uh, apart from black and white, it seems to be the real dominant thing now. Not many many people shoot slides. Definitely. Uh, but the color negative film, I actually looked back at I looked back at some prices that I pay for color negative film. So I made an order with B and H. York, I made a massive order. It cost me like four hundred dollars or something because I needed a few filters and a few bits and bobs. Only had, they had them in stock, but I also ordered some film. So this was in December twenty nineteen. So this is less than two years ago. Okay, so we're going to play a little game here now, uh, Lucy. So at the oh. moment, this is on the BNH website, BNH New York. Now all these okay. prices are. I believe they're all ex-tax because when you go and and buy film in the United States, uh, it depends on which state you live in, as as de- depending on the sales tax. So all of their prices okay. on the website are ex-tax. Okay, so at the moment in November 2021, a roll of Kodak Ektachrome uh, color reversal film is currently nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. What price do you think it was to in December 2019, two years ago? Uh, was it like around 14? 12.99. Good guess. Oh, wow. 12.99. So that's a, that's a 50, 53% increase. Yeah. Okay. Now that's not color negative film. Um, but we'll, we'll come to that in a sec. Uh, the next one I bought was a a roll of Tri-X. I don't know why I bought Tri-X. I think I gave it away to someone who I don't really shoot that much black and white. Yeah. I've never shot, uh, Tri-X and I don't, yeah, we don't shoot much black and white, do we? (laughs) So that was uh, – that's currently $9.95. $9.95 for a roll of Tri-X 400, 36 exposures. How much do you think that was in – oh, two years ago? Was it $6? Ooh, very good. $5.79. <laughs> that's think, so close. Think, yeah, can you it's see like- my, the reflection of my glasses <laughs> on my spreadsheet here? No, I'm just okay. getting so well. I'm normally really bad at things like this. Yeah. So that's an increase of 71%. Now we're looking at uh, there's three color negative films I bought and I've got the prices here as well. I bought a uh, a Portra 165 pack, which I think I've still got in my fridge. Um, so Portra 160 Pro Pack, five, five rolls of film in there. It's currently $59.78 US. How much do you think I paid for it two years ago? Maybe 27 
Twenty six, twenty seven dollars. That's a bit cheap. Jeez, no, it was, it was thirty five ninety five. <laughs> thirty five, okay. Thirty five ninety five. That's that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. For Quattro, um, yeah, just over seven US dollars for a roll of Portra back then, two years ago. Wow. And now you're looking at what twelve US dollars for a roll of Portra one sixty. Yeah, uh, yeah. Next yep. one is Portra eight hundred. And at the moment, it's fourteen ninety five on B and H US. How much do you think I paid two years ago? Twelve. Ten dollars twenty. Um, okay. So that's an increase wow. of uh, so sorry, sorry. Portra one hundred and sixty was an increase of sixty six percent. Portra eight hundred is an increase of forty six percent in those two years. And the final one is Color Plus. I bought a roll of Color Plus. It currently goes for thirty six exposures. Currently goes for six dollars ninety nine cents on the B and H website. How much do you think I paid two years ago? I can't imagine it being like any cheaper than that because it's you know that's like my cheap go-to film um four dollars three dollars 49 i can't even uh, like imagine like, doubling in cost doubling in yeah cost. yeah and also i've noticed even in the last few months i've noticed uh three packs of kodak gold one of my go-to's three pack of kodak gold i always buy the 36 exposures because i figure if i'm sending my film to a lab cost me the same yep cost the definitely. same to get it Depth and scan of 36 is a 24, so I'm buying 36 rolls, um, yep. 36 exposure rolls. So uh, I've seen the price of that rise from $11 to $12 to $14, and all of a sudden recently, you, you can't even get them in stock, the, the gold mm. 200 three-packs, but they've gone up to around $20 US for a three-pack of gold. It's actually getting to a stage where you, you're probably better off buying Portra 160 or, 180, uh, 160 or 800 because it's not that much difference. Uh, yeah. Lost. So that's that's the kind of uh, the, the, the kind of crazy situation we're in. And the other day I was chatting to you, and I was actually doing <laughs> I was actually doing a film stock take of my fridge. <laughs> yes, and, you uh, were. <laughs> and uh, I sort of had a little joke with myself, and um, you know I, I was just saying I only shoot thirty six exposure rolls. Well, in my fridge I actually found quite a lot of twenty four exposure rolls of color negative film, and I thought to myself, I'm getting so low and so desperate, I'm gonna have to shoot these twenty four exposure 24. rolls soon, oh. <laughs> because that 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 is the panic situation we're getting into. <laughs> <laughs> my stocks are getting low. Um, it so, is a scary feeling when you when you look in the fridge and it's like it is. dwindling, especially when you then then get you know all this uh, yeah. these updates about film going up. And yeah, yeah. We, we did a big order on uh, Walkins. Oh yeah. Um, shortly after I spoke to you, actually, because I started yeah. getting because you said how much you had, and I was like, well, I don't have <laughs> anywhere near as much as that, so I need to get some right now. So yeah, we panic ordered. Panic, panic buy. Yeah. But it, it is funny. I I actually have more rolls of Natura 1600 now than I have of uh, oh, any wow. other film. And it's not that I have I've, – I've got about 20 rolls left for a project I'm doing, but it's crazy that I've got more of that than I think I've got like 10 rolls of Pro Image. Uh, yeah. Pro Image, for example, I bought Pro Image about a year ago for – uh, from Amazon for 25 Australian dollars for a five pack. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, I bought some probably around that time too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Five, five Australian dollars, four American dollars a roll uh, is a bargain. And it's now gone up to 40, 50, over 50 dollars. So we have really seen, um, you know, price increases uh, in color negative film. So I think mm. Danielle did make a really good point about that is that I think the Silver Grain Classics article didn't really talk too much about color negative film. Uh, and, and that is a uh, you know, a choice of of many, many people, their first choice. Uh, Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. 
Now, for all this talk of discontinuing films, there mm. is one film that is coming back which has made everyone a little bit excited, and that, of course, yeah. is Lomography Turquoise. How, what are your feelings on this one? Yeah, it's really exciting. It's exciting, um, especially uh, after the price increase and the oh, doom and gloom to then see this is coming back. You know, yeah. it's, uh, it's really fun and exciting. Um, I've never shot uh, turquoise before. Mm, um, have, you've never shot it? No. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I've, I've shot purple. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to, um, I'm excited to try it out and yeah, yeah see what I can do. Definitely do a video on it for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, how, how are you feeling? Are you feeling excited? Yeah, really excited. I'm um, actually, you know, posted about it on my Instagram. I had a few messages from people who knew I was excited about it and they mm. messaged me and said they were buying some or they bought some. The only issue is with this is that it's not available till June, 2022, which is okay. It's uh, it's a few months. Yeah. You've got to buy you can only buy it in a five pack. You can't buy a single roll, which kind of makes sense. I mean, if you're going to get someone to buy something, you, you want them to buy as many as possible. So yep. I can understand the logic behind that. You know, you can't mm-hmm. just order for one roll in. But the thing is this, if you live in Australia and you want to get free yeah. delivery from Lomography, it comes from Hong Kong. I had a delivery uh, about a year ago from them. I bought a whole stack of stuff. And you, if you get over 300 US dollars, you get free postage or free shipping. Okay. So yep. the same with this, with turquoise. If you want free shipping, uh, you've got to spend over 300 US dollars. Otherwise, the shipping's 35 US dollars, which is pretty triple. Yeah. That's the what put us is, off as well. Like we were yeah. looking and I was like, oh, let's get some. So we get yeah. it. Like as soon as it's it's come out and like, yeah, shipping yeah. then with the film, it's like, oh, it's a bit steep. Yeah. 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 So you've got, to, you've got to spend the 300 US dollars, which isn't that bad because then you think, okay, I'll just order some Lomo 800 or some 400 or some, or some purple or whatever else. Mm. With the pre-orders, you can't mix the pre-order with existing stock order. So uh, you pretty much have to buy $300 <laughs> with a Lomo turquoise, which is a lot of turquoise if you That's should a roll like it, you don't like it. So I am, <laughs> I'm considering buying some. And um, so I'll probably, I probably will buy some. It's a lot of money, like 300 US dollars is a lot of money to give a company for seven, eight months, right? And not see mm. anything. Mm, um, yeah. I think I'll buy some and I'm hopefully hopefully I'll be able to shift some on to, you know, sell it at cost price to to other people such as you perhaps or other people yeah, out there in I'm Australia. Yeah, s- I'm sure you will, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Especially so in Australia, yeah. Yeah. So that's what, that's what I'm thinking about doing because um, yeah, I do really want to shoot it again. I still have uh, – I think I've still got five rolls of purple in my fridge uh, that I found. So um, it, yeah. it's funny. Unless you do a, a film stop take, sometimes you don't actually realize what you've got lurking in the fridge. Definitely, yeah. Now, speaking about purple, of course, this week I believe that you got your copy of this yes. new zine. I have mine here too. Yay! Yay. Purple green. So there's a <laughs> yeah. beautiful, absolutely stunning image there in the front oh. there from Clayton Sharp, um, nice. deserved winner of the contest. This was a contest we run on Matt Love's Cameras podcast uh, in the first half of 2021. And we had 54 entries from, I think, from nine countries, four, wow. four or five countries. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what do you think of the zine? I think it's beautiful. Um, I think you put together uh, a, a really nice a really nice scene. Um, and I love seeing all the purple images together like this, you know, because you don't see purple as much as I think you should. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I told you um, as I was flipping through uh, your 
not to discredit anyone else in the zine because all the photos are amazing, but your your photo <laughs> really stood out to me. Yeah, um, yeah, just it's 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 quite simple, um, and yeah, just all those like lines along the the building there. They're just That's my yeah. Photo there. It's yeah. yeah, the way the light's hitting it, and then the kind of purple you got, and the sky. It's just yeah, it, I really love it. It's so such a good shot. Um, and That's I really kind. liked. You're welcome. Um, I really liked Jess Hobbs. Yes, Hobbs, yep. Hobbs's. Is it the crab crab apples or something? Or yeah, the they, you're kind of you're better with um the flowers. Flora and fauna. Yes, you are. Well, it's Canadian oh. flora and fauna. That's not my specialty subject, but yeah, yeah, there was that nice one there. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice because you're sort of getting those like yellowy kind of yeah. black colors, and yeah, just really nice. Um, and I also liked the. This one here by Allison Grant. Yes, the, she's in, are they she's bubbles? In Brisbane. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's cool. in Brisbane. Yeah. I believe that's in Brisbane. And Allison lives in Brisbane, just down the road. I won't tell where she oh. lives, but just down the road. <laughs> yeah, for me. Okay, so I'm loving all the locals. Um, yeah, I'll have to follow her on um, on Instagram. Yeah, I really like that too. It's really really cool. I mean, they're they're all great, and it's so nice to so nice that you do these like competitions and people can then see their work printed like yep. in a book, you know, like that's it's such a nice, nice feeling. Yeah, and yeah, it's really well put together. So I was very excited when I got it in the post and the stickers um, and the fridge magnet went straight on my fridge. So, Yay. yeah, very cool. It's always nerve-wracking because when you when you put together something like this, you know, you're putting together, it's not just your work, it's other people's work. Mm. And it took me a little bit longer than I thought to put it together because you're going through it and you're putting the photos in and you're like, okay, what if I've put um, someone's photo, but I've put the wrong name next to it. And so you, I end up going back through and double checking everything and hopefully everything's perfectly hundred percent correct. Mm. Uh, but that, that is a bit of a worry. Um, I find definitely. Yeah. It must be really nerve wracking. Yeah. Like you say, putting other people's work um, together, not just your own. Cause if it's, if it's yours, you can live with it, you know, and it's a lot of work to put together a, a zine and then, it's not even that it's like once you've put it together and you've got it printed, then you've got to post it out and that's a whole nother uh, side to it. So, you know, yeah, it really that is has a been, lot of work. I think I've only posted 30 out of 45. It, it, it does. I, I love doing it, but it is a lot of work to yeah. dress up 30 or 40 envelopes and, and do that. But um, I guess that's, uh, you know, I think it's, it's pretty much the, the highest number of competition entries I've had so far. So, uh, Hopefully the competitions won't grow too much. Otherwise, I'll, I'll, I'll <laughs> take me a month to do all the posting out of the zines. Yeah, but you'll need some of, help. So that leads us nicely into the, the next topic, which uh, is another competition I'm running. So back at the start of 2020, I ran a competition called Pantastic, which is uh, a little zine put together with about 30 people. It's a beautiful images from uh, all around the world taken on panoramic – panoramic? I can never say that word. Panoramic cameras. Panoramic, yep. Panoramic. <laughs> yeah, but the little twist with these panoramic images is they had to be taken on a plastic focus-free camera like here, the Ansco Pix here, Ansco Pix Panorama. So you couldn't use a Hasselblad, you couldn't use a Sprocket Rocket, nothing that focused, these cheap plastic beauties. So actually running Pantastic, this is the first Pantastic from last year, at the mm -hmm. moment we're running Pantastic 2021. And so um, we've had a, a wonderful giveaway from a, a lovely gentleman called Ken Bertram who sent out seven cameras to people in the United States. So hopefully all seven of those people will take part. And yep. I believe that you're taking part, Lucy. 
Lucy, what have you got? I, I am. I have the Panorama um, Wide Pie Plastic Fantastic Craptastic. Yep. I love I love a bit of plastic. I love a plastic camera, so I'm super excited to um to shoot this. I'll do a, yep. a video and a photo walk with it, I think, and yeah, send an entry in. I'm yeah, mm-hmm. I'm really excited. What kind of film will you be loading up in the uh, the craptastic? I was thinking about that before. Um, I will have to see. I haven't I haven't decided yet. Um, but I will probably I'll, I'll probably I normally shoot like a 100 or a 200 speed, so. Um, I might go color plus cause I have a lot oh, of yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah but I'll, I'll see, I might get, I might get more creative than that, but we'll, but we'll see. Yeah. 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 I think in my experience, I only shot two or three rolls through these things. Black and white looks really good. Not that I'm a, much okay. of a black and white shooter, but black and white looked good. But in the yep. color film, I put, I put a roll of portrait 400 through one, which it seemed like a bit, bit of overkill seems, because. Yeah. It seems like a bit sinful almost. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> because the, the roll of film costs more than the camera. But then, and that didn't go too well. Maybe it could have been the conditions I was using it in, but it, it wasn't great. But then there was a roll of um, Ektar I put in it, and the Ektar was really good. So the, really strong okay. colors with the Ektar. So the Color Plus might be similar. The Color Plus has got quite good saturation as well. It does, yeah. So, yep, yep. Okay, excellent. yeah, I might I might do that. Yeah, Color Plus. I've got a lot of that at the moment. So a lot of excellent. that and a lot of pro image as well. Oh, brilliant. So. Yeah, that'd be good in the, the panorama mm. as well. Yeah, so it's a really great. underrated film. It is, yeah. So that's running, in theory, that's running to the end of November. So people have until the end of November to get along to mattlovescameras.com, find out about the competition, find out what cameras they can use, anything that's plastic and focus-free like this is okay. Um, But we'll see how many entries we get. I mean, I'm a little bit wary that in the Northern Hemisphere at the moment, it's a little bit grey and a little bit cold and wet. So uh, there's an outside chance. I feel like it might be extending this competition through to Easter. Um, Maybe, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. See how many entries we get. See how many entries you get, yeah. Good, we might have to extend it all the way through to Easter. So, So keep tuned on that one. You're listening to Matt Loves Cameras. So the next section of our little interview is called Bones to Pick with Lucy. Oh, my God. I, there are bones <laughs> to pick with Lucy. You have done things which we need to, we need to talk about. It needs to be an oh intervention. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, I'm, I'm scared, Matt. Oh, don't be scared. Don't be scared. This is all said in, in friendly fun. Okay. Uh, Go for so, it. Hit me. Okay. In your videos on your YouTube channel, you quite often talk about Leica people looking down their nose at you. Did someone with a Leica once hurt you? Did they break your heart? <laughs> Tell us, what what did Leica people <laughs> ever do to you? Because you do seem to be filled with a bit of, you know, uh, anxiety and, and and menace towards them. Um, yeah, so nothing specifically. I've never had a bad interaction with a Leica person, a yep. Leica person. Um but I don't know. I guess I just find it so like I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to upset anyone, but I just I think there's it, it becomes so much more about like the status symbol of owning a Leica. Mm. Um, you know, it's like a badge of you know I can afford this. Um, so you know, therefore, like I take really great photos, or I just feel like sometimes that's yeah. the um, the kind there's an a bit of an air of superiority like s- sort of surrounding it I guess and then um, I suppose I did have a little bit of a bad experience when I made uh, a video 
um, it was about making film photography accessible for everyone. And the thumbnail was and it was meant to I mean it was meant to be like a bit of a like oh you know like click click on this because yeah you know, and it was the lacquer with the thing through it um and then a Nikon F60 I think which yeah. I really like I, I love those um I, I was just trying to say that um if you're wanting like value for money it mm. doesn't have to be something that's got this this name you know yeah, attached yeah. to it you know and people and people really hate on like people who like lacquers and like own lacquers are, are people who you know appreciate like good craftsmanship and and I fully understand that like yeah, yeah. you know the 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 way it's been made and the fact that you can get it fixed and it's just got this whole thing around it which is totally fine and it appeals to a certain type of person yeah um and I don't know I'm just not like that with anything like I do yeah. I am probably a little bit like uh, to it cuz I just you know, like, like this, I'm just like, I'm so excited about this. And <laughs> yeah. this is like, so anti Leica, you know, yeah. that, sorry, if people can't see me, I'm holding the, um, like the, like the, the panorama camera and yeah. yeah, I just love, or like the F60, like that body, you can get it for like 30 bucks. And, yeah. um, I remember I, sh- the f- I think it was the second video I shot the lens I was using. I can't remember what it was. Cause I'm not a person that remembers the lens lenses, but, uh, someone, said to my partner, oh, that's like one of the worst Nikon lenses ever. Mm. But I was like, well, the photos look, they, they look, yeah. they look, they look great. Like, yeah. you know, like in my style shooting at like F16, like yeah. full sun, everything's in focus, you know, like they, it does what I need it to do. And I just would hate for someone to think that they need to like own that, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but maybe I'm being too harsh on, you know, the uh, Leica owners i think a lot of i do know quite, i don't own any leica um gear in fact you own more like a gear than me you own well, yes, lens. Now I, <laughs> we so, got, yes that lens so you're like a i know you know, you're a i've gone to the dark side or yeah the, yeah, yeah. i mean people, and that lens was really like um like i wouldn't pay full price for that and it, it's obviously it's really good yeah. um and i know that's what matters more is the lens not the body yeah. but i just found and i said in that video like i just it was like so sharp sharp yeah so and i was yeah, like yeah. oh like just i don't know just a bit sterile like yeah. i just feel like if you're buying a lacquer it's like well yeah you know like um, it's not a cop out, but I just like to see people make something great from nothing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, or, or something that's seen as it's not valued, but I'm like that with everything. Like I like, I've always like punk music. I like like DIY things. Like yeah. I like people getting in there doing stuff and they don't really know how to do it. And yeah, so then yeah. that takes away all the other things like, and they're just focusing on like the art, I guess, you know, yeah. that's just my I, sort of general ethos. It's interesting. I would say, I think there is a lot of snobbery in in film photography. I Definitely. generally I wouldn't have said people I know with Leicas are pretty good stand up people. Uh, they don't really. <laughs> I think a lot of the and it's certainly I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say that a Leica, for example, a Leica owner would look down upon someone who, who's getting into film photography. Not at all. I, I think you do see, tend to see more people who shoot exclusively medium format looking down their nose at 35 mil or looking mm-hmm. down their nose at point and shoots. And I've, I've seen literally dozens of conversations in Facebook groups where people, you know, they'll happily, you know, someone will put a Hasselblad up for three grand. They won't bat an eyelid. Someone puts up a point and shoot for 200 and they can't help themselves. They've got to say something derogatory about how crap it is, even though it's not. So it, it is interesting that I think that mm. um, the snobbery is alive and well in, in, in certain circles. I personally, I would I'm not, I haven't seen it that much with Leica people myself, but maybe that's just my experience. I think also, 
and it's different for you and me because I'm a female and I'm a little bit younger than you. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know, like Leica has like a, and I don't know if this is bad for me to say this, um, but it's sort of got an, an like an older man, you know, yeah. I shoot fully manual and I own this beautiful camera and I take everything really seriously and um you know, like there is, there is a line of I can't remember which line it was, but there was there are lines of cameras they say are dentist cameras because the only people who traditionally could afford them were dentists who earn a lot of money and they could afford to buy this posh camera, you know. Definitely. Uh, so yes. there is that, and I think a lot of people who who do own Leicas that I know they will talk about you know their precision instruments and they they love this and they love that, and there is a whole cult of of you know the intricacies of of the viewfinder lines and the lenses and yeah all this stuff and uh yeah it's interesting it's uh, it hasn't it's not a world that i've got into but i think no. kind of like I've, I've spoken about this before but i think there are there are different parts of this passion this this thing we're in for photography there's there's the shooting of the of the film right taking photographs there's the camera collecting and i would mm-hmm. say that a lot of like people would actually go into that collector circle yep. as well it's, it's they love taking photos but they love collecting this lens yep. or that lens or that body because oh, and knowing camera. all about it and Correct. being able to talk about it and yeah, yeah. yep then you've got the film development people love talking about film development they do in the hc 110 or rodinal and all that kind of stuff and then you've also got the, the darkroom printing and so there's all these kind of, uh, you know, like concentric circles. Like inside, absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, And um, it is interesting, you know, hearing people, some of those things just bore me to tears. I mean, and it's not because, I mean, for example, <laughs> me film too. development. It, it's not that I I don't look down upon anyone who develops their own film. I think they're very clever and they're amazing. I just don't trust myself and I don't mm. have time. I send it to a lab. Yep. Definitely. That's, that's me. I, I know what I'm good at yeah. and I mm-hmm. stick what I'm good at. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good to know that about yourself and yeah. and and be confident in that and not feel like, oh, I need to be doing that, you know. Yeah. Um, I will say about Lycas as well um, because someone else might actually come to me and say, but my favourite, um, one of my favourite photographers is William Eggleston and he he, he has like suitcases of Lycas. So, wow. so there you go. There you go. <laughs> and he's an old dude. And he is, yeah. But he's quite eccentric and, yeah, yeah. you know, like he's yeah. very sort of off the wall. And But he yeah. was very wealthy, I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. you know, he, obviously, because he had, you know, so many. So, yeah. Yep. Cool. Okay. So the next, I've got two more bones to pick with. Two Lucy. more bones. <laughs> okay. So here we go. Now, it was interesting. When we did the intro for the video we shot on the Gold Coast, when we did our walk around, also, this is not so much a bone to pick with you. This is just a, something to talk about. Okay. When you did the intro, you said, you know, this is Matt, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, you know, we're quite kind of similar because we don't take photography too seriously. Now, I was kind of intrigued by that because I feel like I do take photography very seriously. I'm very passionate about photography. Um, I'm, I'm not a snob. I don't look down upon anyone who shoots 110 film or APS or if they shoot with a Hasselblad or like, I don't care. I think it's, mm-hmm. everyone's great. It's not, they're not all for me, all that stuff perhaps, but I think it's great. But I, I like to have fun with photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I do take it serious, even though I like to have fun and I'm very enthusiastic. I do take it very seriously. So I was, I was interested in, in that comment. Okay. All right. Um, I do remember saying that and I'd said that specifically. Guilty. Um, <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> You're in the hot seat. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, 
No, I think I meant it in the way that you. Yeah. Are, are, are like fun, like the opposite sure. of serious is fun, I guess. And yeah, also, okay. you don't get really, or you you didn't seem to get really bogged down with. Uh, you know, like all the technical aspects, you know, sure, like sure. you're happy to pick up a point and shoot quite regularly and, you know, like, and you didn't, I mean, and like we said, there's different people in the film photography sort of um, like, you know, realm who like different yeah. things and that's totally fine. Um, but a lot of people I speak to, I'll be like, oh, cause they, they, they kind of go on about, you know, yeah, like developing or printing or sure. like just lenses or things. And I'm like, I don't even really know about that. And yeah, I yeah. find whenever we spoke, we were always on the same wavelength because yeah, we yeah. would talk a little bit about our day and general stuff and then a bit about photography and have a bit of a lull, but also be like, oh, this is cool. You know, like it's doing like the, the, the slide, uh, like slide film um, in like C41 chemicals. Like that's really yeah, cool yeah. and yep. fun. And I don't know, like you would make me like be like, oh, I want to take photos. Like, so I think that's what I meant by like not, it was a compliment, Um that's good. That's good. It, I wasn't, but at the same time, I do no, I, I was, agree with you that you are obviously serious about it because you are putting all this effort into like, you know, like this amazing podcast and putting these zines together and you're very like, you know, um, like prevalent in the, the film photography like community. So obviously, uh, of course, you're serious about it. I mean, I'm serious too because otherwise I wouldn't be like. Well, I guess, um, I mean, picking back up on it. I was intrigued by your comment because I thought at the time I am serious about it, but I, th- I don't. I actually now reflecting on that, I I don't think serious is the right word. I think passionate is. And then you, and you're probably right what you said. I mean, I'm I don't take things too seriously. I get out there and have mm. fun and make fun of myself. Yeah. I make an error. Like the other day, I was shooting with this camera I hadn't shot with before, and I was right by the railway tracks. This is actually yes, last night. And I was actually by the railway tracks, and I pressed the shutter, and I was like, "Is this even working?" And I looked it towards me, put the camera towards me, and I'm like. No, the lab are now going to see pictures of my stupid mug, right? Because <laughs> I stupidly during the exposure, I went, oh, this is working. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I do like to have a lot of fun. And I, I guess, yeah, I think passionate is probably the word more than serious. Mm. I think you're probably right. I, I don't take things too seriously. You're probably right. Um, but I thought we'd, we'd, that would be a good topic for discussion. You just wanted to clear so, that up. Yeah. just wanted to clear that up and put that <laughs> one to bed. Now, the next one, um, next one, this is, this is definitely a bone to pick with you. Now, you messaged me the other day and said that you heard, and I quote, you heard a lame U2 song on the radio and you thought of me. <laughs> What's that about? You hear a lame song by some old man and you think of me. Because you love U2. Yeah, you know. And I know that you say that they used to be good, but I don't I don't remember that. And this, it was like Beautiful was Day you, or one of those, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. you know, real lame, like, later on U2 songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I had my nan in the car and, yeah, I just, I just she loved it on it. and I was like, oh. Because <laughs> she's so old. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, I, I just, and I, I was, I chuckled to myself and I was like, ha-ha, Matt, Matt Murray, you too. <laughs> and that was it. I was just, and I thought about how Mike... Um, so, you know, when we were on, when we were on, yes, Mike Gunnerman, uh, on the podcast, he was kind of, I guess he, he wasn't yeah. like paying you out for it either, but you know, I just, well, it was just a little fun, but I mean, like my partner is also always like, yeah. Oh, I can't remember what the album is. I still haven't asked him. But I think it's like, Baby. In 1991, I was, uh, 17 and Uktung Baby come out and that was, mm. that was a really good album. Um, but yeah, really good album. But, um, <laughs> 
a lot of the music I listen to, I, I don't actually know a lot of the bands you listen to, but a lot, I, I actually really like dance music and house music. It's a lot of the stuff. Okay. Chill music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I don't listen to, please, I do not put me in that Coldplay group of, of old men. <laughs> to Coldplay. I, I don't listen okay. to Coldplay. Okay. Yeah. You too, I think, are the only old men band I listen to. That you listen to. Um, okay. Okay. So, well, you've just increased in cool points well, of your I'm not, I'm not sure useful that's house possible, music. Really. <laughs> I'm already pretty low down. <laughs> <laughs> now I've got two more things to do. Um, the first one is a quick fire round. Now you have to answer these questions. I'm going to give you two choices, and you've got to answer them quickly. Don't okay. think about it. You just got to answer. Are you ready? Okay. All right. I want to yes. have a little drink before I start this off. Hang on. Okay. All right. All right. I'm ready. Oh God. This is... <laughs> okay. This is pretty much almost the finale of the show, so you've got to be good with this. Okay, okay no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Okay, quick fire round with Lucy Lumen. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Start yep, with let's clock. go. Cats or dogs? Cats. Sushi or burgers? Sushi. Gold Coast or Melbourne? Gold Coast. <laughs> Soy latte or flat white? Soy latte. Canon or Nikon? Nikon. Gold or Ultramax? Ultramax. Bluey or bingo? What's that? You're, you're a mum. I thought you'd know about Bluey, the, the TV show. I don't know about Bluey. My kids are big, but Bluey. He only, watch, he only watches the Wiggles. That's all he watches. He cries okay, if anything um, else is on. So Wiggles, uh, that's it. Uh, Emma or uh, Jeff? Anthony. Just that anymore, no, is you are so, Jeff, so like wake up, uh, that, that you two. Yes, wake up, Matt. Yeah. Okay, um, B1 or B2, the bananas. B1. Okay, B1. That's good. Okay, let's get back on track. The Cure or the Smiths? <laughs> oh, that's so hard. Um, I'd have to go with The Cure. They're more, like, diverse. I've got a story I'll tell you about that in a minute. Matt loves okay. cameras or negative positives? Oh, Matt loves cameras, obviously. Duh. <laughs> purple or turquoise? Well, purple, because I haven't shot turquoise yet, so I don't Lilo know. Lilo or Stitch? I haven't seen that. Oh, no. I'm a really bad mum. I'm, I'm, I'm a bad mother. <laughs> best coast or smashing pumpkins? Uh, best coast, definitely. SLR or rangefinder? SLR. I hate rangefinders. Main beach or Kira? Uh, main beach. Ooh, quiet, quieter, quieter, like beach, Ooh. like yeah. Fujifilm or Kodak? Oh, that's so hard. Uh, I think Kodak. Australia or England? That's so, that is so, so hard. Like I want to live in Australia, but I much prefer English people. <laughs> like sense of humour. I'll, like, I'll send my yeah. wife down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I hear her on the intro, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. My, my gotta, family English. I've got to hear so, seven. You know. <laughs> um, just chocolate or crisps? <sighs> chocolate. Beer or wine? Uh, beer. Film or digital? Film, obviously. Lucy Lumen or Leica? <laughs> Lucy Lumen all the way. Very good. I think you, you did very well on that one. Thank I you. I actually That's... used to um, listen to a lot of The Cure and The Smiths when I was about 1920. Oh, really? That, yeah, I found that though. I went to, you know, when you're 19 or 20, you go through a tough time in your life. And I found that listening to that kind of music, I'd listened to it for two or three years. I had to stop because I felt quite down and depressed all the time. So I had to stop listening <laughs> to it. But once yeah. when uh, The Cure in Brisbane, uh, me and a couple of mates, we found out that we heard that Robert Smith was staying at one of the big hotels in Brisbane. <gasps> 
So we rocked up and went to the front desk. Actually, then we rang the front desk and we said, oh, can you tell us where Robert Smith's, what room he's in? They said, oh, you know, it's room 1710 or whatever. So we went up in the lift. We snuck up in the lift. We knocked on this door. And this is about 11 o'clock at night, right? And we had a couple of beers or whatever. Yeah. Knocked on this door and this guy came to the door all like disheveled and whatever. But he was not Robert Smith. Oh, no. And we went, oh, hi, is Robert Smith here? And he, he was actually English, funnily enough. And he went, yeah, I'm Robert Smith. We're like, no, is no, you're not. Robert Smith here? <laughs> he went, I'm Robert Smith. I might not be the Robert Smith you're looking for, but I'm Robert Smith. And so we were like, oh, he was asleep. And we're like, oh, sorry, man. And we, we left. So that was um, our, our – I don't know what the hell we would have said to him if we'd actually come face to face with – he probably I would know. Where to go, but probably, uh, yeah. And then we oh went my to God. the next night, mm-hmm. and I must say, it was musically they were very good. The Cure, but they mm-hmm. had no banter. You know how you know when you go to a concert, you want to hear banter. You want to hear, yeah, yeah. How you going? Oh, this bit is of a great song. Yeah, it's a like vibe. into a CD. There was no vibe. There's no yeah. banter. It was just song yeah. after song. I think they're uh, quite a they're quite a serious band i would say i watched um a couple of months ago watched something on youtube it was like documentary with a bit of tour footage and you know those things sort of yeah, yeah. Of, of, of the cure and oh i was so bored and i really like them but they were just so like dull you know yeah, like they yeah, had yeah. no you need someone in the band who's like you know like was on drugs or yeah, there was yeah. a, a fight with you know like these two fell out like the gallagher's or something like that yeah you know? it was just so like you know yeah. Um, that was just clean. They're just dedicated making good music. Yeah. And that was like, it's good until to they made, to me, but... um, what's it Friday? I'm in love. Oh, yeah. They sort of went like, that yeah. Sell out. Come on. That was terrible. I always thought that was terrible. The lyrics to that song. Uh, they have anyway. many different, like, uh, yeah, they Errors? went down a lot of different avenues. So yeah. 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 Anyway, this will turn into yeah. Matt loves, Matt loves well, actually, music. One question I had written down, I don't know where it went to, was you. We talked about this a couple of times, but you were sort of saying that music's probably more of a passion for you than photography. So why didn't you? Ch- why did you not start a music channel on YouTube? Um, I was hoping to integrate the two, like together, and also. I feel like I don't do anything musically. Like, like yeah. I really like music and I love talking about it, but um, like I'm kind of like the lens person or the person that knows everything in music. Like yeah. if I start talking to someone, like I'll know like the year of the album and all yep. the band members and the story behind it. Like I'm that annoying person um, in, in music. So yep. um, I don't know. I just thought it might be a bit like dry just sitting there. Like I wanted sure. to – be creative, be part of it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. be part of it, and not just be sitting back. Because I've always done that. I've always been an enthusiast of things, and been around people that were doing stuff, and I wasn't doing anything because I was yeah. like, "Oh, I'm not good at that." Maybe I was listening to like too much like Smiths and <laughs> The Cure, like just yeah. shoegazing my way through, uh, through through life. And yeah, film like photography is the only thing I've ever done, and been like, "Oh, I think I'm like maybe good at this." So. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I picked that instead. But I did think about doing that. I'm trying to get Mike Gutterman to do a, a music podcast. Yeah, it'd be pretty cool. I'm, I'm working on that. So that'd be yeah. very cool. Yeah. <laughs> so the next six months, what can we expect from Lucy Lumen's Analog Adventures? Um, I've got a lot of videos planned. Like I said, I've got a, a book um, where I write down all my ideas. Um, but at the moment, sort of just focusing on getting a video out every week, which can be really 
like difficult as you know as a like a content creator it's um it can be hard balancing that with the rest of your life yeah um and my partner works full time so um but yeah just um lots of i've got lots and lots of cameras that i want to shoot um i want to do more uh like photo photo books um it's just hard to figure out like the best way like there's a lot more planning needed for that whereas a photo walk like I can just go out and take the mm. photos and my partner films and it's like you know sort of very seamless yeah um but more photo books and more um I'd like to do more things in the style of I don't know if you watch T Hopper on um YouTube she that's okay sorry you, you, I'm I feel like I'm on YouTube a lot um but she does <laughs> Um, and if I'm not, then my partner is, and I hear what he's watching. Yeah. Um, but T Hopper, she, she's really great. If, if anyone listening hasn't heard her, I'm not sure where she's from, but she's in the UK. Um, and she does a lot of, uh, kind of like biographies of, of, of photographers. Um, and we'll do like a real deep dive into them, but she'll also do like cinema and how like, you mm. know, like five movies to inspire your yeah. uh, photography and take like, you know, compositional techniques from like cinema. And it's a lot of classic stuff. Um, yeah. And she does, you know, actors that are also photographers and will show you their work. And it's really interesting. Um, I think she's studying, so she's very academic and she's very sure. well presented and she doesn't say like or arm um or anything like me. So I will do something in that vein. But Did you say like her? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I'll do something like that hopefully with more contemporary movies because I'm also really into film, like as in, as in cinema. So, um, and yeah, I, that's another thing that I really enjoy and know a lot about. So I'd like to share that on the channel but without mm. just being that weird person that's just rambling about directors. So, sure. so look out for for that <laughs> excellent and where, where can people find you on the youtube on the instagrams tell us all about that so you can find me on youtube um my channel's called lucy lumen's analog adventures but if you type in lucy lumen it'll it'll come up um and my instagram is lucy underscore lumen um and the link to everything i do is in the bio there so all of my like past like podcasts or interviews and i've also recently set up um, a darkroom tech website selling my prints. Um, awesome. That seems like the best way to sell prints for people who, you know, don't have time to print them themselves um, or like access to that. Because uh, yeah, and it'll be cheaper for people ordering them all around the world because it prints near them and then posts oh, to wow. them. So yeah, it's really good. Um, I definitely recommend it to anyone who's looking to sell like prints, but not not seriously. Um, and yeah, it's free as well. So it's great. They, they take like a small cut, but yeah, they're all, I think they're all $12, the, the prints. So they're like sure. super cheap and I would be stoked if anyone, well, I've sold a couple and I was like oh, wow. ecstatic. I was like, when I saw my first one, I was like, oh my God, you know, yeah. like that's so Brilliant. exciting. And it's really like hard to do that. Like when you put like a, a sort of a monetary value on your work, you, yeah, you, yeah, then, okay. you start getting really like, oh my God, you know, like no one's going to buy it or you know whatever so it was nice to get a couple of people um yeah. yeah so so that's really um exciting and that's yeah that's in my instagram as well so awesome. yeah those are the places that you can find me and um hit me up on instagram like i'm always uh, happy to chat um yeah just send me a message if you have any suggestions for the channel and stuff like sure. that yeah 
Yeah. Well, congratulations on the channel. You have become a YouTube sensation in the film <laughs> photography world. You've rocketed up the subscriber count. And, Thank you know, you. some of your videos get well over 100 comments. So the engagement uh, mm. is outstanding. So I think you've done a really fantastic job. Thank uh, you, you and your partner, Lux. So um, it, it's great to see another film photographer here in, uh, in Southeast Queensland. And you've actually inspired yeah. me because I do plan on hopefully some stage in the next 20 years making some YouTube <laughs> videos. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, it's very, it is difficult being um, flying solo because oh. um, there's always an, a reason to procrastinate or there's always a reason not to do it or, uh, mm. yeah, so it, it, it can be a little bit tricky, but I'm hoping to um, – uh, I've watched a lot of YouTube lately because of you um, being inspired by you and watching some other channels as well. So I'm hoping to to do that soon as well. I would so love to see that and I'm sure a lot of other people would love to see that um, as well. And I do – it is really hard. Like um, I understand what you're saying when you're on your own. I tried to go out the other day and do an episode on my own. Um, I filmed like, you know, on my mm. phone. I was like, I'll just be really lo-fi. And I was like, oh, and then I, and I was like, oh, I won't even do it. And I was on my own. So there was no one to like hold me accountable. And, yeah, you know, push you forward. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's really, I really admire like, because most of the people on YouTube are like solo yeah. people. So, but I really, I really think that you should, you should do it. I think you'd be great. You're a great host. And oh, yeah, I think no. you've got a lot, a lot to say. And yeah, I'd love got to see you. A lot to say. You. All of it's nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> I think the hardest thing with these things is when I decided to do a podcast, it actually took me a year to launch it because you have an idea of what you want to do and then you mm. think about it and you change mm. tracks a little bit and then how am I going to record it? What microphone do I need? Do I need a microphone? Do I need a windsock shield? Do I need this? Do I need that? Yeah. What software do I need? And so I'm going through that process now with um, with the YouTube thing and it, it, it takes it takes time, unfortunately. Um, so, but, uh, you know, it's an exciting journey. So Definitely. I think just doing it, uh, we, we did that too, probably more my partner. He was like Googling a lot and, and did going down that whole, you know, yeah, yeah. YouTube about starting YouTube and, um, we just did it. And, um, I think we filmed the first video with like the X 20, like the old, older, Fuji, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, film? Yeah, yeah. And it kind of had like a cool, like VHS look almost like, um, so, and then it's, I think it's interesting to see people's progression yeah. on YouTube. Um, like if anyone's wanting to start a YouTube channel or do video, I would like really urge you to go and look at all the big channels, but go back, like go click yeah, sure. oldest to like newest and yeah. look, watch their first few videos. Cause you'll be yeah. like, Oh my God. Like, you know, cause like they're, 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 they're nervous and maybe Absolutely. the lighting's not as good and the audio is not as good. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. really hard to get all of those things. That's yeah. why it's annoying when people do comment about those, those things and Oh, they expect yeah. this, you know, it's like, I'm not a professional, like I'm just doing this, you know, yeah. and I'm learning as I go. So yeah. yeah. But yeah, I'm excited to see Matt Murray on YouTube. Thank you so then much. I can I can interview you. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> speaking with me today and um, hopefully we'll get together and do another shoot soon. Definitely. I would love that. I'll have to come to where you live next time for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Cool. Mm, thank you for having me on, Matt. Thanks, I really Lucy. appreciate it. No worries. Okay. Take care. Bye. Bye. <laughs>
So I hope you enjoyed that. That was the interview I recorded with Lucy Lumen. She really is good fun and make sure you get along to YouTube and check out her videos and, and subscribe and like and leave a comment and all that good stuff. Now I've just got a couple more things to get through. The first of which is to thank somebody once again for their very kind coffee donations. So thank you once again to Chris Allen. Chris sent me some coffees and I thanked Chris in episode 49, I think it was. It was a little while ago now. And Chris then backed up and bought me another five coffees. Uh, so very kind. Uh, so thank you so much, Chris. I really appreciate your support. And if you'd like to support the podcast, here are some details telling you how you can do that. If you would like to support this podcast, why not buy our dad a coffee? Visit coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Matt Loves Cameras. So that's it for episode 51 of Matt Loves Cameras. Don't worry though, I have some more episodes on the go. This is the way I do things. I'm so disorganized. Or am I just super organized? No, I think I'm disorganized, but I have several episodes on the go. So I'm hoping to bring you very soon that road trip episode through Southern Queensland. We did a little road trip in August and I'll be sharing with you in the next episode, some of the Polaroids, some of the Instax, some of the images I took on my Contax G1, on my Pentax SBO Mini, on what else did I take? Oh, my Super 8 camera. I had a Super 8 camera with me and I've got some nice little highlight reels uh, of my Super 8 adventures on this road trip. So I, I shot quite a few cameras. So I'm going to be talking about all of the adventures we had in our holidays, a few little funny stories along the way. Uh, So look out for that one. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully that'll be on in the next week or so, hopefully. So that's the thing about Matt Loves Cameras. You know, you wait around forever for one and then two come along at once. In the meantime, while you're waiting for the next episode of Matt Loves Cameras, get out there and shoot your cheap plastic pano camera. The deadline at the moment is the November the 30th, the 30th of November. So get out there and shoot them, get them scanned and send them in to me. The link, of course, for the entry form is on mattlovescameras.com. Now, I will assess around the closing time, I'll assess whether we've got enough entries to do a zine because the zine has become a very popular part of these competitions. In fact, I think if we didn't do the zine, I think half of you wouldn't even enter. (laughs) because you know the prizes are pretty crap in fact the prizes are are pretty much non-existent Uh, it's just all for the fun of it Uh, but I think the zine is a a key reason that people take part so yeah we'll we'll assess that closer to the time for now it is the 30th of November but, but stay tuned and I'll tell you if there's an extension I've just realized, you know, that I was talking about my my Robert Smith from The Cure story. I didn't actually tell Lucy about my U2 story. My U2 story is actually really good as well. I've got a U2 story. Who else have I got? I've got a Brian Adams story as well. Brian Adams, uh, Brush With Fame, Bono, Brush With Fame, Robert Smith, not so much Brush With Fame. Oh dear, I wonder if someone one day will be saying they had a brush with me. That sounds a bit weird. Anyway... <laughs> I suppose I better finish this off. Take care. Cheerio. Bye-bye. Matt loves cameras. <laughs> I was going to say you ruined that, but it actually sounded pretty good. Why, thank you. Do another kind of funny, kind of, I don't know, kind of bit one with people. I don't have any like funny voices. You gotta have a funny voice. Everyone's got a funny voice. (laughs)
I don't. I'm not a. I'm not a like. Uh, I can't. I can Chocolate do. Chocolate with... curve or a Miss Piggy or. A... No. Oh my God. No. No. I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm not very like fun in that way. Yeah, do very, one. Do like, one more take. I'm very liker like that. I'm just real serious. 